Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week I had the pleasure to speak with the executive and creative team behind the recently formed post-production sound company, Formosa Group. Joining me in this roundtable discussion included President and COO, Bob Rosenthal, SVP of Business Development Operations, Matt Dubin, and a fantastic mixture of re-recording mixers, sound designers, and editors, including Mark Mangini, Julian Slater, Greg Hedgepath, and Todd Toon. I hope you enjoy. So today we're here with the Formosa Group, a uh, great group of guys, uh, Mark Mangini, Julian Slater, Greg Hedgepath, Todd Toon, Bob Rosenthal, and Matt Dubin. Um, but Bob, as the president of uh, this company, just give me a little background on, on the history of this facility, where we are, because there's an amazing story about what, what this facility was before it became the Formosa Group. This is, I'm probably not the best person to speak about the history, but this is the first post-sound department there was. So uh, I think, what year are we talking, 20s maybe? And um, so it has a rich history of, uh, of post-sound, and uh, it's under a variety of different uh, ownership groups, uh, among them uh, Goldwyn Studios at one time and Warner Hollywood at one time, and uh, most recently Audiohead, which um, uh, has been operating for the last four years. So what was the, the goal, do you think, um, if there was like a mission statement for the Formosa Group? How would you describe the Formosa Group today, who, who you guys are? I think it's a, a group of uh, creative individuals who have the uh, flexibility to, to work in an environment that uh, enhances their skill sets and empowers them, and we collaborate with studios, and um, it's, a, it's a rich offering dedicated to post-sound. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that's interesting too is also just the wide variety of background that you guys all share that, uh, you know, just before we started recording, just talking about where you all came from, it's, I think among the, the six of you, there's, <laughs> you probably represent the, I don't know how many projects over, you know, over the years. Um, 135. 135? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, what, what, what can you say, uh, Bob, just about the, the talent that, that the Formosa group, uh, that you guys are you know, able to provide? Well, from, from day one, it was thought that that is the most important ingredient in building a company. So having a uh, rich offering of talent, and um, I think we're number one in that regard. And uh, I think we, you know, it, it started with an ownership group that believed and understood that creative talent and creative relationships are the most important ingredient. I mean, we, we built, I think we have over 70 room edit, editing rooms now all over town. And you know they all operate nicely and there's nice equipment in each and every room. But what separates us and what is a, the key differentiator is the fact that we have uh, a creative talent offering un, unparalleled. Going to you, Mark, I mean, being, are you officially employee number one? <laughs> so what, what can you say just about uh, the excitement and, and the challenges of, of joining a group like the Formosa Group early on, obviously, with you know, coming from a different studio. What, what can you say just about the Formosa Group and what, what in, got you interested about you know, working with th these group of guys? It was an opportunity. It, was, it re represented for me several opportunities. One was to uh, reimagine an environment that I had worked in in the past. I had run a, a, a post-production sound company that 
this is sort of the sort of glorified version of, and I, it, 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 it what I think I'm here, and all of us are here for for the same reasons, which is to live in a uh, uh, an environment that supports creatives, and is is collegial and collaborative, and I think all of us came from places to Formosa, from environments that had stopped being that or were about to become something else. And this represented an opportunity to collect the sort of the best and the brightest in the community and work together in an independent fashion, not necessarily for a large corporation or even a large studio. Not that that's necessarily bad, but um, there, there was, you know, my heyday in this industry was a time when, when the independent sound companies flourished, companies plural. They've all but disappeared. And this gave us an opportunity to, for, us, for us all to come from around the community and collect and recreate it in a, in a great fashion. Nice. And, and, and then obviously for you, Matt, um, as the Senior VP of Sales and Operations, just, maybe just give me a, an idea of what your day-to-day -day might be like, except that, you know, there's no time for lunch or sleeping, I can imagine. So, uh, how, how do you describe working as uh, in this capacity for uh, for Mosa Group? Uh, you know, it's it's been an intense process, but also very rewarding. The day, the day to day is because we've we're still essentially in startup mode. It encompasses everything from looking at room builds and working with contractors uh, to helping get bids out to clients who are looking, you know, who want proposals. We constantly look at what films are coming up uh, to be made, uh, produced, developed, and try and find relationships. So that is a, a huge component of it. Um, and really, the you know, the challenges are, are just the multitude of things that we're looking at all the time, whether, you know, in any of those components. So that's been the... Yeah, as, as someone who's wa watching Matt operate on a day-to-day -day basis, I can tell you that there is no standard day-to-day. -day. <laughs> Every day is a, a unique set of uh, opportunities and challenges and issues and and uh, uh, wins and... Um, so it, it's um, it's refreshing. It's it's the ultimate challenge, but it's also the ultimate reward. Yeah, I remember when, when uh, Formosa Group first started. Which what, what year was this? Now, how long ago was it? It was March of 2013. Okay, so March not, not not that long ago. I remember when Formosa Group was announced, and the creative a lot of the creative teams from uh, I guess even um, Sound Deluxe. A lot when I think when Sound Deluxe had closed down, was it around that time also? May of 2014. Was it? Okay, so even after, so it was after, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just remember there was a lot of studio spaces that were closing and a lot of talent kind of up in arms of saying, where are we going to go next? And Formosa Group, I think, kind of was the answer for that. What can you say just about the growth that you guys have had just from uh, how much creatives have come here, which we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk to some of those next. Well, I, I think, firstly, it's a testament to what, uh, all the creatives are looking for. We kind of defined that at, at, earlier in, in our conversation. So um, there was a uh, an, a real uh, uh, need and and desire for something like that. I think you know when when I sat down and and uh, with the ownership group and kind of thought about what this could be, um, you know, it wasn't going to be this large. 
so um, we... How, how, how large were you thinking it would be? Well, the three-year plan was, um, you know, I thought we'd have maybe a half a dozen supervisors, four to six supervisors, and focused on, on the lot here and in that building over there. And, you know, there, those were the, the real plans of what, what we would be and kind of um, built around Audiohead. That was the original concept, but uh, there were opportunities that presented themselves in the marketplace there, that we, we got off to a really good start. Yeah. Um, there was a buzz about who we were. There was, uh, I think, and I think um, to the owner's credit, every time there was this discussion about, you know, we have this opportunity in front of us, we can go towards it, or we can say, you know, let's let's stop with, and, and, and uh, just uh, be who we are today, they, they said, let's go for it. So, uh, you know, we've, there were unique opportunities in the marketplace. The timing was right. Um, and I think as we grew and as the buzz and word became, uh, you know, as positive as it was, I think it, 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 it enhanced our opportunities in the marketplace as well. Nice. And obviously for you, uh, Julian, you were abroad and over in uh, the UK with um, mainly, I guess, Delaine Lee or in that, or, or in well, that area. Right now. The last few years, last five years, I was freelance. So right. based wherever the work took me. And, uh, what, what was it that you knew or heard about Formosa Group that got you interested? Um, well, my discussions with Bob were uh, when Formosa Group was so kind of embryonic. Uh, to, to be honest, the reason I came was, was Bob. And it wasn't necessarily Formosa Group. It was, I'd known Bob for, I guess, about five or six years. Yeah. And um, we'd kept in contact over those five or six years. And, and L.A. was Hollywood and L.A. and America was somewhere that I wanted to come to and uh, wanted a change of life style. There's nobody more Hollywood and L.A. than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. You're telling your wife. Hey, we're gonna leave this place that we've been our whole life because Bob's telling me that I should come to the Formosa Group. There you go. And that yeah. was enough. You know, I I um, I think it's a pretty good testament to Bob that uh, you know, so many when you know when Sound Deluxe did you know go down in flames, I guess. Uh, you know, the the key talent had either left by that point to come and join us here. Or subsequently did that you know the, the top people and, and um, you know that's in large part because of Bob's reputation and and I had known of this reputation you know before I came and, and I decided if I was going to make the move of 6,000 miles I wanted to do it for someone you know who um, I trusted and had a you know a great reputation yeah so that the, the Formosa thing was 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 embryonic at that stage for me and I didn't really know what it meant to be honest with you I just knew that it was a new thing and that Bob was leading the charge on it and I wanted to be part of it awesome and, and, and also then I guess for you Todd similar kind of story you've been at Disney for About 16 years, 16 years mm -hmm. right so what was it I mean it, I can imagine just you know it's, it's scary for anything of like you know moving or making big changes in one's life what, what to you made sense besides the fact that somewhere, you know, there's a studio closing and you got to figure out what to do. Well, the primary reason for me um, was Formosa was being pitched by Bob as a uh, talent-based, which 
was very important. Um, obviously, we use equipment and technology, but it was the people first. And, uh, and, and other places were shrinking, and this place was expanding. What was what was the first thing you noticed that was maybe different from previous places that you worked at when you came here in terms of the overall, um, either the energy of the creative staff, the building, the people? How would you describe it? Uh, there's a great energy. Yeah, I mean, and for me, it was it, it, it's a privilege and an honor to 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 work side by side with with all these these talented people. Uh, to be considered as uh, part of this group was was great, you know. And you know, if you want to be successful, you just hang out with successful people. And and for me, this was the place. Yeah. And what w- what can you say just um, in in terms of a lot of the the staff here? H- had you worked with a lot of these people? Or, a few. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was one of the few people that um, had never worked uh, directly for for Bob or or Soundelex prior. Um, and um, I always enjoyed you know bumping into these people, and some of them I didn't know, some of them I did, uh, but I had, had a great deal of respect for, for all of them. Nice. Fantastic. And then for you, Greg, mm. everyone has a similar story. They came from, from <laughs> somewhere. It's like, you know, it's, <coughs> what, what, what was it for you uh, coming across over here? Well, I had worked at a few different companies. Uh, originally, I would worked at Sound Deluxe and left there, went to another company, and, and wasn't happy there. And I, but I had told Bob I, when when he had left Sound Deluxe, I said, you know, wherever you go, I want to go there. So you know, once this solidified, I knew I wanted to be here because of his reputation of being an honest guy, and and you know, it's kind of rare in this business when somebody, where when their word is their bond, and that's the case, you know, with Bob. And so it make it makes. Uh, doing things here easier. You know, if you tell a client, yes, we can do this or we can't do that, then you can stick to it. And, and it makes life a lot simpler. So, you know, for me, it was a, a pretty, uh, the, the transition was pretty easy and it made sense. And it's, it's really, the company's grown so well since then, kind of perfectly. I was telling Bob, we were walking back from the parking lot the other day, and I was just saying that it's interesting because we were going to be into this, in, we were going to move into a big office building that's here on the lot, and that didn't happen, and we ended up setting up in different parts of the city, Burbank and Santa Monica and here. And for me, anyway, I, I think it's perfect because we have these small groups of people and it's more collegial and it's more like a family, but yet we all know each other all over the city. So when I see Mark Steckinger, who's in Santa Monica, who came here this morning and say, hey, how you doing? You know, it's just like, you know, it's like he's next door. So it's, it's ended up becoming just this big family. You know. I mean, that's the thing, actually, which is because the sound community here in Hollywood or even around the world is so small, we all know each other through personal connections, and it's just a matter of time until you cross paths. But it seems that there's such an amazing cross-section here in this company. It's kind of hard to believe that there's just much talent under one uh, uh, umbrella. I mean, how big and, and how fast can you grow until it becomes... Is there a too much for you, Bob? I, I think. Spot. <laughs> yeah, really. Wait, what? That's a good question. You know, we 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 grew um, from 2013 to 2014. We we've grown over 500 percent in terms of our, our the scope and size and revenue of our company. There's there's uh, we just 
you know, we're going to have some additional growth in 2000, this year in 2015. But we're, we're kind of, not from a feature sound editorial perspective, but from a <laughs> Formosa like, oh, group really? perspective. Wait, there's more jobs? <laughs> we're another 13 supervisors. <laughs> <laughs> we're, I think that's actually important to discuss really briefly is just, you know, this is obviously a big component in the feature film, but we also have a commercial division. We have a interactive gaming uh, division. We have music editorial. We're, you know, part of the plan uh, as it grew was to also diversify and, you know, look to be the preeminent place for sound, right. not just sound for film. And while that may not have been part of the initial plan, that's also what started to happen as as we became prominent in the feature space. People from music editorial said, "Well, what if we, you know opportunities like that started to present themselves? What if we had a music, you know, what if a group of music editors came into the fold? What if sound design for gaming came into the fold?" And you know, so when we talk about the overall, it's truly overall. Fantastic. The, the growth that we're talking, or that I'm talking about for 2015, is 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 in other markets that that we've just started to delve into but we you know we're going to realize radio well <laughs> the commercial market is something that we that we entered in the fall of of 2014 so um we're we're expecting that growth in, uh, in yeah. that market yeah i think the thing that's always a challenge is time we only have so much time and we only have so many resources in terms of how many stages or studios you have to work on is there still opportunities or is still you know a need and demand you feel that you know there is, you know, there is no roof. Or at, at what point do you feel like quality? Or is is there do, what, what things come into mind when you think about that? Uh, you know, I, I, my focus this year is is on transitioning from from being the startup kind of company where we're we're continuing to to build and buy and and transition into a you know the operational entity of of uh, having you know six different facilities and in four different markets and. So, um, you know, I, I'm comfortable with where we are. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right now, today. Maybe not next year. year. By the end of this year, I think <laughs> we're going to be in, in uh, have realized uh, and, and uh, experienced uh, the success in each of these markets. Yeah. Um, for you, Mark, what, what can you say just about, um, you know, being at this place now, maybe looking back even a year or two years ago, Overall, what is it, how does it change your creative approach? Does it change how you work because you're surrounded by so many people that you're, you know, walking by in the hallways here or around town that are part of this, you know, bigger group? Uh, the, the communal experience is and always has been vital to me. Um, I thrive in and grew up in an environment where I had some of the best in the world around me. And it's great to be able to turn to my left or right and say, hey, I'm really stumped. I don't know how to make the sound of this thing or achieve success in this moment. Do you have any ideas? And this group has been fantastic because I, it, I, don't, I don't know if it's sort of, it's a chicken or an egg thing. Did we all end up here because we saw an opportunity in the group that Bob created or did we get here and realize that there's something unique here and we're all gonna grow together? Doesn't really matter. Um, in normally in an environment like this, it's quite competitive, and I, I don't get any sense of that from any of, uh, any of our, our team. No. I, I, I just get this general sense of enthusiasm from everybody here that 
we're all just sound freaks and sound <laughs> geeks, and we want to make movies sound unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I think we see an opportunity, certainly Bob saw an opportunity, with the sort of um, diminution of the independent sound market. All the, 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 there was this sort of golden era of sound companies that's long gone, but there were great reasons why that flourished for the time that it did. And we, we all, had, I think, have a desire to sort of rekindle that somehow yeah. so that we, we can collectively become the place where you go for sound. Yeah. And I think, arguably, Formosa Group is the um, is the sort of the definition of that. I think we, we uh, it's it's we're preeminent in that regard. I I can't think of any other facility that's like us. Yeah. And whereas the um, sound market outside of Formosa Group, whether it's you know, let's say it's the studios, which are really the our um, our brethren in sound, the sound department. Its budget is sort of a rounding error in, in the uh, the ledger of of those corporations. This I, I thought that was a just a myth or a rumor. You're saying that's fact. That's I'm positing it <laughs> as, as, as it is serious speculation <laughs> on speculation. my part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our budget. Yeah. All we do is sound. It's it's right. It's it's all we really care about. Yeah. I think that says a lot about who yeah. we are. Julian, what can you say just in the fact that you know? Um, being not in Hollywood and obviously your career is based off the relationships you have with your directors and for sure even like you know we're talking about um, you know your relationship and your work with Edgar Wright over the years what what happened or how do you describe your relationship now that you're here do you feel like is it a challenge to, co to convince people to come to somewhere new somewhere different in town for you or what, what is yeah what are your thoughts on that um, yeah it's it's a challenge I mean you know I've left 90% of my relationships back in the UK. If I, 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 every three or four weeks get some form of offer to go back to the UK, which I don't want to do. <coughs> this is where I live. This is where my family lives. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to continue to be. People like Edgar, um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's here as much as he is in the UK. He's, a, he has a house um, in Los Feliz, yeah. he has a house in in the UK. Um, you know, when I when I arrived here, I said to myself that it was probably a question of dialing my career back five years, mm. and kind of doing a slight reset, and it kind of is because you know, unlike all the other guys here, I don't have twenty years of relationships of people in this town that I can call on. But you have an awesome accent, so that should make up for something, right? <laughs> and, I, and dear boy, I play on it as much as I can. No. Yeah, yeah. He actually speaks perfect English. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's I, you know, I, 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 I'm slightly different to the other guys here, I think, because of, because of that but reason. I, I do think that there's the, the, the common ingredient in whether it's someone who's coming to, from the UK to a brand new right. environment and having to establish new relationships or whether it's somebody who's who's been at Disney for 16 years and coming to. There was this, because Formosa wasn't anything. It was a belief is really what it was. And, um, you know, Mark was the first one and he he probably had a vision of what it would be, but it certainly wasn't that when he walked into that room and that echo chamber of a room in March of 2013, and and 
Todd Toon's first project with us was in a very temporary setup uh, because we didn't have those rooms built out at that time. Yeah. So everyone came and it wasn't all here. Yeah. It was this belief of what it could be. And for Julian, it's again, it's a, a belief of, in what it will be. And um, Greg, I, I'm sure that this the same thing. There, there's, uh, mm -hmm. there's this um, common belief in 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 what it has become before it was even yeah. realized. I, mean, I think something that's always said is it's it's not about the gear, it's about the people. And obviously, you know that's that's well, you know, people share that um, across the industry. But I also feel like the mentality of what the Formosa Group is is a totally different approach than what like we're you know. I see the industry as, you know, very um, competitive, you know, it's it's everyone's fighting for the, the next job, the next big film, and and I'm sure that's still here. I'm not, I'm not doubting that's not you here, know, but... You know, it's interesting because Mark had said something about competition, and, you know, where we, a lot of us were before, uh, Julian not included, but, you know, it, it, it was... Uh, somewhat collegial but also competitive because you know it was a bigger company and when you have it, when a company gets to be a certain size and everybody's in the same area then there's going to be competition like that and you, you're wondering what the guy down the hall is doing why'd he get that gig which again why is, uh, it's great that things are kind of split up but it was almost like we were in manufacturing mode and now we're kind of more like an incubator and hopefully we as we grow we can still do that and just you know like I can go down the hall and say, "Hey, man, look what I just found that you can do with this plugin," right. and and because that's happening here every day, some somebody's showing somebody else some new thing, and that's what we really want to keep alive here. Yeah, yeah there, there's definitely I, I I sense there's a definite, and and maybe this is well, I think this is you know people trying to improve on their previous experiences to 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 make things better in in their working environment, but there's a definite air of you know, we all kind of do lunches together. We all are kind of pulled together. You know, um, we've all hung out together to some degree. There's there's a there's an air of trying to take the good bits of their previous work environment or whatever that is, and try and correct the the things that weren't so great. And and there's a there's a there's a definite charge for that here. I I find. Yeah, I think uh, even though <coughs> you know that several of us are in different locations. Um, just the nature of it. Um, there's there's no camps. That, you know, there's no permanent camps. It's mm -hmm. it's like it's always open. The door is always open. So even though we're physically apart, sometimes we're always welcome. You know, into the, to, to that facility or uh, for lunch or whatever it may be. And and I think um, that <clears throat> that was a big part for me also. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't really want to be part of something that was too big. Uh, now that it's grown, though, I can see like it's it's all working. I mean, I, I, I picture what what it is now and what it's going to be. I'm sure that the people on the Titanic thought the same thing. <laughs> well, th th that's an apt metaphor. <laughs> Not to be so negative, but there's sort of a siege mentality here in that we all have to work together to, to keep this kind of groovy, creative thing going because it's really dark outside the borders. Yeah. I, there's nothing like this really anywhere else. Yeah. And we're all kind of working together to really make it work. That's you, you, Matt. What, what's your take on just? I mean, it's great to be in this environment, but then you walk out the front door and you're faced with the reality of how the rest of the industry might, what they're accustomed to. Well, how, how do you? 
how do you move to forward? To your question about do we compete, I mean, I listen, I compete with, uh, you know, we compete to get on the film as Formosa Group, whoever yeah. we may put up. Sometimes we offer multiple, can you know, sometimes, you know, we're in my role as business development, it's essentially a below-the-line talent agency. Sometimes we're asked, there's no relationship, we're asked to say who's available, we may put two candidates forward. So, and then we're competing with whoever else they're seeking, whether it's a studio lot or an independent or someone who's freelance working out of their home studio. And there's all kinds of business models out there. That's part of the fragmentation of the overall market. But what we try and do here, and I think we do an excellent job of, is we don't compete internally. We don't compete with each other. If we are putting out multiple candidates, we try and be transparent about it internally so everyone knows. And these guys work, you know, Todd was just uh, doing some sound design work for Per Hallberg and, you know, Mark and Julian worked together on a, on a, the Mad Max movie. And so there's interplay with each other. It's not this is my world and my team and my silo and this is my world. And that, I think, is unique and different to this group and helps with that community and communal feel, yeah. um, which I am super appreciative of because I've I've seen that elsewhere not be the case. And I definitely, to your question of what do you see when you walk out the door, you know, you see that, you know it exists in other environments and, and I'm happy that we don't foster it here and that it's not the norm. And I mean, I think it really rarely happens here, yeah. if at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's because of it, we all share that common goal. Um, it's in everyone's interest to not fail. So um, everyone is is on board. So and and when you're in that situation, uh, as a creative, the, the creative side of you, it, it allows you to take some chances, some risks, because you know that someone else has got your back if 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 things, you know, don't don't work out how how you had hoped. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for for. Uh, any time we're, we're designing or doing anything that's like outside of that. Something that feels very different is it feels like everyone has some skin in the game here. It's not just Bob's responsibility to make sure that the lights are on, which I, I feel like is, you know, that, that, that changes just, I think, I'm sure how you guys even approach your projects. Um, as even, I guess, for you, Bob, where do you see Formosa Group a few years down the line? Not, not from the sense of um, growth or size or numbers, but just what do you hope for for this company? Uh, you know, I think we've we've uh, gone far down the road of what we you know wanted from the get-go. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably realize that the totality of that this year. And um, you know, we we are an interesting group who you know our clients are our competitors, which is a you know studios have their own sound departments on their own lots. But you know the strategy going into this, and I think we've we've proven it that it that it works, is that we're able to collaborate with studios um, for various reasons. Um, we'll um, share the sound um, package with a with a Warner Brothers or a Technicolor or a Universal when it makes sense from a client perspective, when it makes sense from a studio mandate perspective, when it makes. Uh, you know that that's a different mentality than you know other places I've been at. So and I think it's been well received by studios. So um, you know we're very encouraged by what by who we are and and, and 
and you know workflow you know the interesting thing about our group is that you know there are different styles of working so um, um, you know there are certain workflows that work great in this environment audio head and um, and and uh, we're also capable of doing a traditional mix at uh, Technicolor if need be so I don't know if this is really a topic I was yeah. just thinking that the the first project I did when I came here mm. I'd started at another facility you know another company yeah and um, it was interesting because I didn't know how it was going to work because we were new, we were a startup company and things were pretty new there at that time but you know it turns out because everybody kind of knows how this is done and you know even though we had different equipment we were able to just position things so that it all just worked and came together and then the, the project worked which was a big load yeah. off my mind yeah. it would have been easier to have started fresh here but you know bringing it from somewhere else it had to be not as good it had to be better than it was at the other place and it turned out that way well um this is just a question for all you guys and jump in um what are your thoughts just on the audio the audio industry as a whole from the standpoint of the community here in, in Hollywood how do you feel it's been going lately what's changed what to you stands out as you know kind of red flags or what, what's what's working within the community here I, I feel like uh, I feel like I've got here just at the kind of tail end of this huge shake-up of Hollywood why the industry not just Hollywood I mean there's been facilities and studios going down in Hollywood, which has caused a shake-up. But between budgets changing and fluctuating and workflows and practices fluctuating and changing, I think it's, it's um, I think now it's maybe starting to, set, to settle down a little bit. But, you know, budgets are not getting bigger, they're getting smaller. Yeah. Um, we're still required to um, be as flexible as we've always have been and produce the goods like we always have been, but we just got to be more creative about how we do it. And, and It'll be interesting that with the California tax incentive uh, passing and that initiative taking uh, unfolding uh, in I think middle of the year uh, 2015, we'll see if it you know produces more opportunities for us locally here. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is just thinking of all the visual effects work that goes abroad. Is that the, do you guys feel that's the case in the audio community with the work? Do you feel like it's going elsewhere? I don't think. I mean, some of it might be some of the lower end, but. You know, most of the people live here who, who are producing these shows. And, you know, audio is, is not the same as visual effects. I mean, it's so subjective. Uh, and, and it's, it's you know, I kind of liken it to making a custom motorcycle, except that you have to show up at the shop every day because the pieces are coming together little by little to say, no, put that piece there, put that piece there. And if we were to try to do this overseas and try to ship things back and forth, I, I just don't think it would work that well. Yeah. And plus, the main thing is the talents here. So it, I, you know, I don't want to denigrate anybody in the visual effects world, but it, there's something about audio. I think it takes a little bit longer, a lot longer, to learn the craft, and the uh, and all the moving parts and all the politics that go that are involved. Whereas with visual effects, you know, your artists aren't involved in a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so I think we really need to be here and and supporting each other. And, and as a matter of fact, I was talking to a guy who's a professor at a school, and he, he had thought that by this time everybody would be working at home and we'd be sending <laughs> files back and forth on the Internet. And I told yeah. this guy years ago, I said, I need to have my editors you know, around me so I can walk in a room and we can discuss something and try things out and, and uh, really work on it together. And, and so I, I think that most of the work will end up staying in, 
you know, small areas like here, up north, New York. I don't think it'll yeah. go overseas. Mark, what are you finding has changed in terms of just, I mean, I think digitally everything's been kind of somewhat the same. The work, the workflows are the same. Gear gets a little better, I suppose. Maybe the high resolution. But what is it for you? You know, are you excited about just coming down in the future here from a technology standpoint? Is there anything that? Not much technologically. Um, my focus today is about how to be a better storyteller with sound, and that's that's what I find make is I'm uh, makes me successful, um, and that's why I work. Yeah. I the 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 directors that I work with tend to be more story focused, story centric. And they respond to an ability to make the movie more important than the technology. And my, my success comes from being able to relate to what they're trying to do dramatically. And I, I, <clears throat> I, I feel like that's, it's, it's incumbent upon every person in a creative endeavor in movie making, not just sound people, to make their primary focus. So whereas in the early part of my career, I, I was a real kind of propeller head. I was into, you know, kilobytes and <laughs> frequency response and polar patterns. Um, Wait, you're not, you're not anymore? I, I'm a master of all of those. <laughs> They're all important, and I'm glad I have that as background. Yeah, that yeah. supports me. Yeah. But all of that is just part of my toolbox. Yeah, it shouldn't be the focus. It, but it's so not, in fact, my, the last two years, and this will sound sort of Luddite, but I've been taking acting classes, writing classes, directing classes, because I want to be able to relate to the filmmaker. I want the filmmaker to know that they can entrust me with the movie and I will achieve the storytelling with sound without a whole lot of fuss. And I find that, that that's where a lot of um, sound people stumble, is that they get lost in digital this and mm. speakers that, and yeah. it's, it's so, that's all important but it, you need to be able to communicate and tell a story. For, for you, Greg, um, what can you say just about today being in your position? What, what is it about you know working on the projects that you're working on that still makes it interesting, still a lot of fun to, to do? Well, you know, I've always loved doing what I do, working in sound, and you know, whether it was in junior high school or high school or geeking out, geeking out in college. But I was telling my wife the other day that interestingly. The, the job for me, it's, it's certainly a hard job, and it's getting harder with the budgets being the way they are, but a certain aspect of it has gotten easier, and I think it's the storytelling aspect because I've become more comfortable with the process and, and being able to just look at, a, look at a, either a frame of a film or a sequence and just figuring out where your eye is going to go, what's the most important uh, thing to, to focus on in the scene and, and pushing everything else aside instead of trying to hit every, every note in the scene. All that kind of stuff has gotten simpler. And, uh, and also, and I guess as a result of that, relating to the filmmakers has, has gotten easier uh, as far as talking about story because I find more and more when I'm talking to them, we're on the same page. Yeah. Even when I've read the script and I haven't even seen anything, and, but you know, I'm thinking about story and I'm thinking about sound even subconsciously. And, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I will have thought about it and, okay, I have this interview. I know just what I'm going to say to the guy, blah, blah, blah you know, or, or, the, or the lady. And, uh, and, and it just seems to kind of click now more so than it used to. 
So I guess like, some of that's a part of getting older and, and kind of learning your, your craft, I guess. It's that 10,000 hours thing. Yeah. Right? right. You yeah. got that under your yeah. belt. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys have done a little more than 10,000 hours. <laughs> that's a lie. That's the theory that it takes 10,000 hours to be um, an expert at anything. And everything else after that is just extra credit? They, uh, you know, most of us or all of us are members of, of the Film Editors Guild. It's a, a labor union and they keep track of our hours. And I just got my report and I've done 124,000 hours of union. Did you get a Frisbee, a t-shirt? What'd they send you? You get a good Nobody said anything about a gold watch yet. <laughs> um, Todd, what, 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 do you, what do you find? What, what do you find for you? Uh, you know, I'm a lot older than with, you. All, with all with all the years that you put in hours, what, what is it that you appreciate? Not only being here at the Formosa Group now, but just about the work that you're doing. I love what I do. Um, I like everybody that's that's here. Um, I think that uh, that um, the, the the main thing for me is that I have to keep learning, and so each show that I do, um, uh, whether it's a, a particular character. Um, uh, sound effect or construction of something crea creatively. If I if I've learned something that I can carry forward onto the next project or um, help somebody else out with the same problem, um, that that's important to me. And and if I ever get to the point that I'm not learning, where it just becomes you know old hat, um, it's it's going to be hard to to keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's an important part of the the joy of this company for me is this learning aspect from all of these guys because I, I'd never worked with any one of them, but there's this sort of like only child kind of... Uh, <laughs> I'm always looking for these silly psychological metaphors. Yeah, yeah, that's but I feel like what we're doing is we're stirring <laughs> the gene pool for the health of the collective. Yeah. Because with all this cross-pollination that we do, we all grow collectively from it, whereas, you know, some sound supervisors are... They're an independent, and they're off on their own, and all they ever have is their own thoughts, and that becomes this sort of insular world that never grows, kind of like an only child. <laughs> That's a judgment of mine. <laughs> but I think this, this thing has been a great, is a great thing, and we're all collectively growing together yeah. by working together. Bob, what, what are you trying to do to avoid the pitfalls of, if it's possible to avoid pitfalls of what you've experienced in the past with being in, in these positions of running studios? I think we've already done it. Yeah. I think we've already set the foundation for it. And um, we just have to continue um, ex exercising the objectives that we've set for ourselves. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and lastly, I guess for, um, you know, for Julian, w w w if you could imagine, uh, you know, a few years from now, for most of the group, w w what is your hope in terms of just where things will be at? Hmm. Uh, I think. Much like everyone here, I think just to be part of something that is 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 recognised and appreciated within the sound community and within the film community at large for quality work, something that's you know we all want to stand back at the end of the day when we see those credits go up and feel that we've done a a very good job and we've added to the the sum total of the film and, and we've done something original and, and, and creative. And if we can all pull together and do that together, I think the, the company's in, in good stead. Yes. You know, well, I, I just have to say one thing that, yeah, sure. you know, that we may have, all of us may have in common, 
uh, which is an, which is an important ingredient, I think, and maybe for for um, uh, future filmmakers that we may work with, it's it's an important to note, and that it is the courage to act, and all of us did that in when we came over here. Yeah, we you know there there were you know whether it's crossing the Atlantic and coming 6,000 miles for a fresh start and leaving 90% of your client base in the UK, or whether it's um, being the first one in a room that sounded like an echo chamber, <laughs> or uh, whether it's someone who you know, walked from uh, a fresh start after 16 years at, at Disney, or whether it was uh, me walking out of uh, wherever I was. Um, <laughs> we, we, we all had the courage to act. And um, so when they're working on their projects, filmmakers will know that these people have the courage to act. And I think that's an important ingredient in uh, successful collaboration. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fantastic place to leave it for anyone who's obviously interested in trying to do this work. It's daunting to think about, oh, I'm just going to submit a resume to somebody and, and not have any of this on the radar of, of what it's really like, obviously, to be in your guys' position, which I think it's really exciting to, um, I don't know, have a fresh start, an opportunity actually to start over because you don't get many chances like that. Usually it's you, the project's over, and now you're looking for the next one, and you're, the cycle is just never ending. You know, and I feel like hopefully maybe this, this is a better solution to what I think most people are exposed to. So uh, thank you guys for taking the time and um, awesome. Thank you.